The House will come to order if members can take their seats. This budget is a huge job maker, and the number one solution to economic insecurity is a job. Hungry children can't learn, and it's our responsibility to try to help. Equality and opportunity. I believe most people are here because they want to do some good. Welcome back to a new installment of Capital Ideas. This is the podcast where members of the Democratic majority in the Washington State House of Representatives sit down at the Capitol and talk about ideas. Today, we've got a return visit from Representative Eric Pettigrew of Seattle's 37th Legislative District. For a decade now, Eric has been chair of the House Democratic Caucus, selected by his fellow House Democrats to run their caucus meetings. We'll talk in just a minute. First, a note about this interview. We recorded this on July 26th, a few days before House Democrats met to choose a new Speaker of the House to replace longtime Speaker Frank Chop, who decided earlier this year that 20 years was enough. In this conversation, we'll talk about what was, at that time, the upcoming Speaker election. The suspense is over now, and Representative Lori Jenkins will serve as Washington's first woman Speaker of the House when the legislature convenes in January. If you want to know more about Speaker-designee Jenkins, you can go back into the Capital Ideas archives and find at least a couple of interviews. She'll also be on an upcoming installment, and I imagine we'll talk again once the session begins. In the meantime, let's get to our interview with House Democratic Caucus Chair Eric Pettigrew. Here's how it went. Welcome, Representative Eric Pettigrew. It's really great to have you back again. Thank you, Dan. It's great to be here. I'm not sure if you realize it, but this is your three-peat for Capital Ideas. I'm not positive anybody else has been on here three times, but this will be your third. I hate to ask why, but or interested to ask why I got three times. I'll tell you what. The first time you were chair of a committee, a policy committee, the second time you had been caucus chair for a couple of years, now you've been caucus chair for about a decade. Yeah. Things are different than they used to be. That's I think sure. this, the content today will be different than what it was eight years ago or seven yeah. years ago, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. So am I. How's it going? It's going great. You know, uh, as far as being caucus chair and uh, representative in the 37th district, you know, I feel like I've, I've got my stride and understand my sweet spot and how I get things done here and uh, been very successful over the, the time that I've been in the legislature as a result. And I feel really good. How would you describe the 37th district? It is ever-changing right now. You know, when I first came in, uh, I would say that it was pretty solidly a very diverse community ethnically and economically. Now I would say it's somewhat uh, diverse ethnically and definitely economically, but it's ever-changing. You know, it's right around the corridor around transportation, transit transportation, and dense Housing development is uh, a big part of it. And so with a lot, a lot more people come a lot more positives and changes and challenges. And uh, so, you know, we're dealing with a number of issues. Same things that are happening all over the state as far as housing prices and uh, things related to behavioral health and some other social service issues. But also, uh, it also creates an environment for 
thriving businesses and opportunities uh, for a lot of folks. So. Because some gentrification has been taking place, I guess. It, it is everywhere in Seattle that hadn't already been gentrified. I, as a legislator and kind of understanding the history of the 37 district, I've uh, done my best within the rules of the market to keep it as diverse as possible. So uh, a lot of folks of color, especially first-generation folks, usually historically started in the Rainier Valley and uh, or the Madison Valley. And uh, so there's been a number of opportunities to develop housing and other opportunities and, and cultural opportunities in those areas that uh, help preserve some of that. I think that your district is second only to the 11th district in the number of languages spoken. And, uh, and we're pretty proud of that. You know, it's, uh, one, again, one of the things that we prided ourselves for many, many, many years and being uh, one of the first stops for uh, folks coming here from other countries, as well as uh, the beginnings from uh, a lot of folks coming from other parts of the country. This is what we call the short interim because the 2019 session is what's called a long session. It's 45 days longer on paper than the session that'll be held next year. How have you been keeping busy? I know that you're, you're employed. You've yeah. got a day job like, like most state legislators, yeah, yeah. but you also have this really what is a 12-month-a-year job as a state lawmaker. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it, it's incredibly busy, but I would say it's no busier than any other uh, interim time that uh, I've had in the past when we've had a long session going into a short session. So I've learned to, to manage that a little better. And, and this is a very busy time. You know, it's probably busier than uh, even when I'm in session, I would say. Uh, but, uh, but, but it's working out good. One of the things that's been occupying you for a little while is the fact that in a few days, this chamber will elect its first new speaker-designate in a couple of decades. Oh. And as caucus chair, what has been your role in helping this election come to be? I think my role has been, and the role I've taken on, is to make sure the process is as accessible to every member, is as transparent as possible, and is timely in a way to where it gives uh, the candidates an opportunity to go and make their their vote pitches to all the members, uh, and also an opportunity for any kind of uh, caucus, you know, internal caucus groups to also vet the candidates and keep the process as pure as possible and keep the focus really on the caucus as a whole, not only as it exists now, but how it will exist moving forward with this new speaker. As caucus chair, you're elected to that position every two years, so you will remain caucus chair. What is the relationship between a Speaker of the House and a caucus chair? It's very, very close because uh, I am responsible for actually kind of the movement, the traffic copying of uh, information flowing in and out, as well as the movement of bills that are uh, briefed and then moved onto the floor. Uh, the timing of the discussion that goes on in the caucus, I have to manage that, which can be a challenge at times. And also just making sure that all the pieces that make us run are to communicating and together. So I'll spend some time <laughs> during session running around, busting in the office of the speaker and then busting in the office of some committee chair and then busting in the office of 
one of our whips or whoever it is to make sure that uh, the process is moving along uh, in a way to where it's uh, conducive to us getting the job done. Other than the speaker position, which obviously will be someone elected to speaker-designate position within a few days of this recording, do you anticipate any shakeup in the, in the leadership positions? Of course, if one of the candidates for speaker right. who happens to be a current member of leadership is elected as speaker-designate, then that position would have to be filled. But otherwise, do you foresee any changes? I mean, there could be. I mean, the rule of the caucus is that there could be a meeting called by a certain percentage of members of the caucus that says we want to have a special meeting to elect or re-elect or to oust one of the leadership positions. And so that's always a possibility. But right now, I think the, the energy is focused mostly on the speaker, and I don't, I, I don't see any energy going towards filling any other positions. And hopefully that will not happen because this new speaker's got a lot of work to do in the next uh, five months before we start session. This is going to be a new era. We already know from the pool of candidates for this position that the next speaker will be the first woman speaker in Washington state history. There's a possibility that this will be a woman of color. There's a possibility that this person will be a member of the LGBTQ community. There's a strong possibility that it will be somebody who isn't from Seattle. Oh, this is historical, and uh, that's the part about this whole process that, that is extremely exciting and, and important. For It actually forces me to raise my game in making sure that the process is all those things I talked about as far as being transparent and fair and open, and that we also acknowledge that this change is happening and it's the first type of change that's happened in Washington state history, as you talked about, having a woman speaker and or a woman speaker of color or a woman speaker that in the LGBTQ community uh, is, I mean, it's, it's significant. We don't really get a lot of opportunities in the legislature to uh, talk about, you know, the positives of the things that happen in the legislature, and this is one opportunity that comes around once in a lifetime. It is exciting. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's really is significant, and, and the thing that I wanted to make sure was that, I mean, it, it could, would have been very easy for us to kind of go through this process and like, you know, like okay, let's keep going, da-da-da, blah-blah-blah, you know, no, it's, it's kind of nothing. And uh, it was extremely important to me that we capture this moment in history and that we all be recognized in this moment of history uh, for Washington State because, like you said, you know, since 1889, <laughs> um, it's going to be someone other than a white male that will be uh, the Speaker of the House, and that's a, it's an incredibly uh, important and powerful position, and we'll send a message not only to uh, the members who are, the folks who are involved in politics, but just to young people all over, not only the state, but the entire world. You've been here in the state legislature longer than any of the candidates for Speaker. Was there ever a a time at which you kind of thought, maybe I should toss my hat in this ring? I would say somewhere in the middle there. I probably thought about that track of being uh, the speaker. But, uh, you know, you get older and being as close to uh, the sausage making as you were, sometimes it's not always as appealing. It's always not as tasty. And uh, not that it's it's not an extremely important and, and powerful 
role, you know, uh, not only for the Democrats, but for the entire state. It was just something that, uh, you know, when I looked at my priorities, my life priorities, and and knowing that life is only lasts for so long, you know, is that really the way I'd rather spend the rest of my professional career in the legislature or uh, just my life as a whole uh, in that role? So the answer was no. Let's change tracks here that uh, speakership election is going to be held and we will know the results by the time this podcast comes out and that will be something else that we can talk about but for the time being in addition to being the chair of the house democratic caucus in olympia you also represent 145 146,000 people in your district what kind of bills and policies are you working on right now? Have you been working with people in your district who come to you and say, Eric, we really want X to happen, yeah. or we would like for Y to stop happening? Yeah. Every year is different. That's one of the reasons why I've absolutely loved this job. And they range everywhere from uh, something that Boeing is interested in to something that a grandmother really absolutely needs to continue to raise their grandchildren uh, in a very struggling economy for for them. Uh, so this year is no different. You know, I think this next year I'll be focused a lot on folks who are re-entering uh, into the communities and looking at ways to provide some sort of housing outlet uh, for those folks specifically. There'll be some stuff around behavioral health that I'm, I'll be taking a look at and and uh, as well as some things related to earthquake preparedness and uh, unreinforced masonry, which we have a lot of in my uh, district in the Pioneer Square and International District area. And given the, the earthquakes that have happened in California and a few of them that actually have happened here, it just is a matter of time before we actually get that big earthquake. And some of the most vulnerable parts of the state are in my district. And so I'm really anxiously and aggressively trying to figure out ways to get some funding or some sort of policy that will help uh, secure a lot of that uh, activity. It's a short session. There'll be a lot to do in a, in a small amount of time. Yeah. Fortunately, the three big state budgets were written during 2019, and so the only thing necessary financially will be supplemental budgets. But there still isn't going to be much time. So uh, I know that you're going to be busy. Um, You will be managing the same group of people, but it's going to have a different tone. Yes, definitely. And and it will not be the same job. Yeah. Well, I think part of my, my job is to make sure that the transition is as smooth as possible, that the speaker gets uh, the, the right tools that she will need to be successful, That uh, and that includes uh, being able to really honestly keep some things in check, <laughs> you know, keep people away from her, uh, some influences to try to... Uh, uh, take her focus off of what the responsibility is. Again, my I feel like I feel really serious and very committed to the fact that this is about the caucus and not about the individuals. And anytime you have any change of leadership, of course, uh, the expectations might change. In some cases, they won't change. Uh, but uh, it's really important that the the new speaker be able to put on their leadership what they want to put on their leadership and how the direction they want to they want to go. So it's. I really feel a, a real uh, for the next legislative session, uh, that being probably my primary role. I've really enjoyed talking to you, 
As usual, Eric. Same here, Dan. Representative Eric Pettigrew of the 37th Legislative District in Washington State in the beautiful city of Seattle for his third time on Capital Ideas. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dan. And with that, another Capital Ideas is in the books. If you liked it, I invite you to subscribe using whatever platform you prefer, and you'll never miss another Capital Ideas. I'm Dan Frizzell for the Washington State House Democrats. Thank you for listening.